Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and you are listening to the Talking Rock podcast, which I do along with Joey Haney down there in Texas. How are you, Joey? I'm doing good. We're not all shitheads in Texas, I promise. <laughs> okay. And you mentioned to me via text you didn't have power outages in, in your house, so you did okay through the uh, storms a week or two ago? Yeah, we were really lucky. I don't know anybody else that didn't experience problems, but our only saving grace was we live on the same kind of block as like City Hall and the post office and like a handful of schools. So we just got lucky that way. So that's the only reason we didn't experience any kind of outages. I'm positive. That's why that happened. Mm, right on. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you guys are are staying safe and Doing well. And let's talk about rock and roll and music. And you mentioned to me the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees have been revealed. I, I stopped following all things Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a, a number of years back. I just uh, am so um, constantly disappointed by by them and uh, think it's just a train wreck. So I, I I try to anytime I see the headline on a website, I I honestly just scroll by it. I saw one that said something about Iron Maiden was uh, up for a nomination, but they were being beat by somebody else. And so, anyways, give me the lowdown. What is happening with the 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction and nominees? Well, this will be better because I like how you're so anti rock and roll hall of fame and you're not, I hate it. I think it's such a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing I I do too. And it's just, it's, it's like a, you know, it's a committee of taste, you know, it's not any. Yeah. And I I will say I have friends that are on the committee, so I I hope they don't listen to this, but it's, uh, it's, (laughs) it's just a complete joke. It's, it's super weird. Cause like, Obviously, the cool bands that have gotten in over the last decade or so have shifted some of the talk, obviously, even and I give it up for a lot of the more modern people on the panel, because we've heard some of these stories over the years. And I've mentioned, I think this before on Talking Rock that, you know, guys like Dave Grohl and Questlove and people like that, the quote unquote, youthful people like us, you know, versus the other people in the committee. Youthful 50 year olds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Compared to the 70 year olds and probably guys that are pushing 80 that are on that committee. Yeah. My friend who's a pretty good friend of mine sits on the committee. I don't want to say his name, but he, by the way, he hates hard rock and heavy metal. He likes Zeppelin and stuff, but he like Maiden, forget about it. He would hate that. And he is... I think he's 71 or 72. So, so yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, I, you almost have to treat it the same way you treat politics in a way. Cause it is a, it's a political thing. And if you don't like it, get involved, you know, if you want to change it, get involved, it's the same exact thing, because if they're making it about the people and I'm pretty sure that a handful of the people that have gotten in over the last few years, like a cheap trick is a good example. That's strictly based on fan organization. And just making their voices heard and just never letting up about it because there's no way Cheap Trick would be in the Hall of Fame. And I love Cheap Trick. There's no way they'd be in the Hall of Fame without that kind of support from their fan base. And they probably the same have, thing about Kiss, too. Well, yeah, exactly. But like it takes that kind <laughs> of like just beating the door, beating the door over and over again. Like like you have to just you know, have them give up, basically, like tap out and say, OK, fine we'll let you in. And that's what it's kind of come down to. I think that's a uh, kind of, yeah, well there's that. And there's also cheerleaders like 
Kiss, for example, yeah. Tom yeah. Morello. Now, yeah, exactly. these seventy-year-old people, and you know, really New York journalists, uh, you know, who, who sit on a real high horse, they, for whatever reason have some respect for Tom Morello. So when Tom Morello says to them, no, Kiss needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they listen. And that's how some of this stuff has happened. And there's there's certain people, uh, Tom Morello, Dave Grohl, uh, Lars Ulrich, th that have a voice that, in my opinion, have allowed some of these bands to get in because they've been vocal and they are respected for whatever reason by some of these elites, I guess would be the name. Yeah. Um, but but the whole guys, thing, those three guys you mentioned, those yeah. three guys you mentioned, that's gotta be the lone reason why Maiden got nominated this year. Cause they've been eligible since what? 2005. <laughs> okay. And they've never been nominated before. <laughs> I hope so. they don't get in. I really hope they don't get in. I think it would be a stain on the great legacy of uh, Iron Iron Maiden. I recently interviewed Paul Stanley, and I'm, I'm almost edited it out, but I, I haven't posted it yet. But I said to I said Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Paul Stanley, and later I was thinking I should have never said that because I don't even think he likes the fact. Because I mean, once I saw Kiss in concert, and he was like, you know, we're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the place all cheer. That was at the Garden. But then other another time. I saw him in concert. He said something about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it was like almost like an FU, like uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like he said something about implying that they were in it, but it was kind of a joke. So I, I, I hope I didn't offend Paul Stanley by introducing him as a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. No, I'm sure it kind of rolls off of him at this point. Like I'm sure half the people that introduce him say that, and so he probably doesn't even hear it at this point. So, but yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that, man. <laughs> the, um, the Paul Stanley interview? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks. It, it, I, I think I'm legally allowed to post it in about a week. So oh, okay. stay tuned. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, back to the Hall of Fame. So Maiden is in. And yeah, that's who I'm, I'm voting. And I'm going to go ahead and vote because that way I get to bitch about it. Uh, right. You know, like I said, just like politics. And uh, I definitely voted for Devo. Uh, which I can't believe one of the most innovative bands of all time. Uh, and you would think a band like that that skews new wave punk first generation kind of thing. Yeah. And always critically acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. Would be an absolute layup. But there's actually been a lot of critical resistance to Devo ever since they've come out. And that is strictly like I talked about Cheap Trick. That's strictly this weird bias that East Coast journalists have over Midwest acts. Huh. There's very there's very few. I've been kind of researching this and there's very few times where they get through to that kind of a crowd as far as acceptance goes like a, a good example from a band from ohio like devos from ohio but so is the pretenders they're very critically acclaimed that's strictly almost based on the fact of chrissy hines positioning and how she handled her career she moved out to london really early on in the pretenders career uh you know she was she she, uh, she was a music critic before she was a musician. Right. Uh, so there's things like that 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 makes her an exception. But Devo, they were strictly such a DIY band, and uh, critics hate it when they have nothing to do with it. Um, there was a big resistance on Beck when he first came out before he really started appealing to their sensibilities, and that's strictly when the East Coast critics have nothing to do with it. They'll shit on it. Uh, right. So. 
Devo, they can't take credit for it. Like they can take credit for talking heads and television and bands that definitely go in that same exact kind of a thing. Uh, Devo definitely would have been a CBGB band if they'd have been from New York, but they just weren't and they have to pay for it basically. Hmm. That's interesting. So who, who else besides Maiden this year is nominated? I'm going off a of memory here because if I go to another uh, thing on my phone, then I might uh, mute out here. So I'm going okay. strictly off. Um, memory. I can probably pull it up, but go off a yeah. of memory. Yeah. Another one I voted for. Uh, well, it was kind of between two bands. Like I, I definitely am tempted to vote for the Foo Fighters because I feel like the consistency of them, even though I, I'm always hesitant on first balladers, depending, but, and this is their first year eligible, which is makes me feel super old. It's been 25 years since the first Foo Fighters release, actually just a little bit over that now, but you know, their, right. their consistency, they have some bum albums, but when they're on, they're on and, they are love it or hate it. They're the ambassadors of rock. They're like yeah, they seem to be the old, they seem to be the only arena rock band from this modern age that gets any kind of pass critically or from the public, and just they're just that band. Dave Grohl is the ambassador of rock and roll at this point. Uh, at least, yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. And you know what? On a side note, I spent I was in the car driving for like over an hour yesterday and listened to Foo Fighters radio on Sirius. It was really good. Some really great deep cuts some that i didn't even know about i was like wow i don't i don't know this song this is a great song so uh, hats off to the sirius xm people for foo fighters radio i don't know if the foo fighters are programming it or who's actually programming it but uh, there were some good songs on there yeah i mean it's it's pretty easy to program a channel like that in a sense but i think uh, i i know dave has some hosted shows on there and they got full concerts on there from them so I think it's a cool idea, even though it's a limited, you know, engagement. But I, I listened to some of the Dave Sound City episodes where he like focuses on music from Sound City, and and uh, he seems to have a lot of passion for the shows that he's hosting. So I like that about it. But yeah, I, I'd vote for him. I think it was between them and someone else that kind of got my fifth vote. Like I kind of tend to go to for seniority. Like if you're going to put a hip hop act in there this year, like obviously I'd be voting for LL Cool J before I vote for freaking Jay Z. And I just Mary J. Blige is also Mary J. It's like, why? I mean, I understand she's, she's African-American and female and they, they got to represent as we do in all, all, all places today. But is she truly worthy of, of being alongside a Devo, uh, you know, even LL Cool J I I'm, which I, yeah, I'm all with LL Cool J for if hip hop is part of the rock and roll hall of fame, which it has been for a long time, LL Cool J is definitely worthy of a nomination in my opinion, but I have the list. list. Yeah. Yeah, And and, and like a fellow, Cootie, who's like the the dark horse on the list. Who I don't even I don't know who a, that is. I, I see that yeah. name, Fella Cootie. Never heard of that, him. Or is it is her? A, well, it's it's a dude. It's a he's like a jazz funk musician, and I, I you know respect and everything. And I've heard a decent amount of his stuff because I've hung out in record stores my whole life. I've, ne- I've never even heard that name before, Fella like, Cootie. He's a he's a guy. It, this and this is definitely a hipster nomination because like. It's like a modern hipster nomination because even the old guys don't seem to be very hip to him. But it's he's like one of those guys that you hear in like uh, film score and video games now, like heist stuff. You know, I call it heist music. It's just jazz funk. It's cool sound and stuff. Like, you know, if you're planning a, you know, if you're planning a heist and you need background music, right? He can play, and I, I, I love jazz funk as a sh- subgenre, and he's definitely one of the higher ups for sure. But 
that's that's a head scratcher for me because I, I think there's some jazz people that should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I think they transcend their genre. Miles Davis obviously is a great example and John Coltrane, people like that, like the bigs. Right. I think that's where those other genres, you know, if they're if they've they've never come correct with what they consider to be rock and roll in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so it leads to people like questioning any hip hop or R and B or jazz nomination. But I think like some of those Mount Rushmore acts should be in there because of their crossover appeal. But Fella Cootie is just a hipster nomination. As as right. cool as he is, that's that's a ridiculous nomination. You know, I would even say the same thing about a Bad Brains. I love Bad Brains, but no one knows who the hell they are outside of people that really care about music. Right. So we've mentioned Fella Cootie, whoever that is, you just explained <laughs> to us, uh, Mary J. Blige, Devo, Foo Fighters, Iron Maiden, some of the other ones, Dion Warwick, who lives in the town next to me, uh, Dion oh, Warwick, Tina Turner. Un, I mean, I know Ike and Tina Turner are yeah. already in, I believe. They're already in. And that's right. where that's where that... Uh, opinion comes in like i like a handful of solo tina songs i just think her catalog as a solo artist isn't strong enough to really warrant that okay. i would never i would never poo poo her going in because like there's some she's got some burners man by herself i love shit like uh better be good to me and we don't need yeah. another hero but i i think she has like I, I think she has like one solid solo album and a, a handful of good songs outside of that as a solo okay. artist fair enough um todd rundgren I'm shocked he isn't in yet for yeah. he's done as a as a performer musician and a producer like he's producer, a double yeah. threat and like that that kind of ties into the Carol King nomination great songwriter I'm not a fan of her musically but I think she's a great songwriter she's now, what really else has Todd produced I know Grand Funk Railroad right I'm trying to think uh, I'd have New to York Dolls New York Hall, Dolls right Hall and Oates yes uh, he's he's very diversified in his production uh He's got this like studio he's had out in Hawaii for a hundred years and people right. like recording there. That's kind of where he made his bones. But yeah, I think, I think his music stands alone enough, but I think the production thing kind of gets him in on yeah. that principle also. Like, I think more so than like Nile Rogers, that's a, that's a case where Nile Rogers is just a friend of theirs. And because I think he could go in as a producer because they do put producers in there in the hall of fame, but with Sheik, come on, man. Like, right that they're fine two hit two three hit wonders something like that when cool in the gang i don't think cool in the gang's in the hall of fame and was yeah. there a better party r&b rock band uh, over two decades of 70s and 80s than fucking cool in the gang they nominated chic for 150 years i don't well, think cool in the I, gang they've probably been nominated maybe a couple of times yeah, that's well, that's the even... problem with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It is not the People's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by a, by a long shot. Or we'd have bands like Foreigner and and Cool yeah. the Gang in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which uh, we Amen. don't. Um, other, uh, we'll run through this list and just uh, let, you know, kind of laundry list. Uh, just quick points on each band: Rage Against the Machine. Um, Definitely, I would say probably worthy. I, I I don't know. I mean, you could argue that say, one way or the other. It's like I'd say give it a while. I think Tom would even tell you the same thing. Tom seems like the kind of guy that'd be like, I need like a hundred other bands I like to go in before mm -hmm. I go in, so I don't feel like an asshole about it. He seems like a cool enough guy that I think, and, and to the other guys, probably feel the same way. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that. You know, like cool band they they definitely were innovative enough even though they they weren't terribly original but really they, they I, made, I think they were but yeah well, they 
there were other bands that were doing that long before them is basically what I was getting at, but mm, they okay. took it to, they, they definitely crossed over into like the suburbs and other places that <clears throat> some of those acts before them didn't. So that's, that's definitely what makes them important. But at the same time, it's just like, well, why, how come Faith No More has never been nominated then? Right. You know? Okay. Uh, New York Dolls, which I'm shocked they haven't been nominated yet, but apparently they're nominated this year. I'm shocked not because I think they're deserving of it. I'm shocked because there was such, you know, the critics seem to really like them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was like, to me, they were always, it was the same thing. It was like, okay, here's this weird band that's no one back in the day bought their records. They were basically a commercial failure, but over time they've become uh, so iconic among the music nerds, Uh, whether that's deserving or not. I don't know. I I really did enjoy their music. So, uh, you know, personality crisis and what trash, Trash, great, great tunes for sure. But I don't know. To, to your point though, like, the the way you describe them is exactly the way I would describe the Velvet Underground. Yeah. Image aside, image aside, they didn't sell Jack when they came out, but they're super influential and they caused a whole bunch of bands to get formed. It's like there you go. Someone someone maintained that everybody who bought legitimately the Velvet Underground record when they first came out probably started bands. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and, but they didn't sell records, but they're in the Hall of Fame because they're massively influential by that to that point the dolls is a no-brainer i think i I voted for the dolls okay cool ll cool j we mentioned carol king chaka khan jay-z uh let's let's take those three names carol king chaka khan jay-z uh carol king absolutely i mean i i think she's highly deserving to me that's a no-brainer um should definitely be in because of her contributions to the genre and her great songs and her influence. And she sold a hell of a lot of records. So I would say that, that she's iconic and legendary. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't argue that at all. And I'm almost hundred percent sure she's in the songwriters hall of fame. Okay. uh, For sure. There's no way she's not. She was probably one of the first ones to go in. Uh, Yeah. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of her stuff but I love her songs. Uh, there's a lot of great songs out there. Uh, to that point, my alternate nomination for that, that's a double threat would be Harry Nilsson. Okay. Uh, he's, he's never, I don't think he's ever been nominated. Uh, Chuck I, Khan, be- I, I don't, I, I mean, I know her like from the eighties, but I know she had some hits in the seventies, which I are slipping yeah. my mind right now, what well, they were. Well, they I, I don't know. I, I would say Rufus. no. Yeah, I mean, in a, overall, I'd probably say no, but she's massively talented. I mean, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but and some of those Rufus songs are really good. They nominated Rufus for like ever in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I think because they didn't put the name recognition of Shaka Khan in there also with it, like might have hurt him. But yeah, like they've got uh, Rufus got some great records, but at the same time, I'm like, there's so many others I would think of way before I got to that name. But Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, yeah. Jay-Z is, Jay-Z, God, did anybody benefit more from the death of Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. than that guy? But uh, besides, like, maybe uh, some of the executives involved. But anyway, uh, dude, Jay-Z to me is like, that is the new standard bearer of the bar becoming that low in rap and hip-hop. Same way Justin Timberlake did for pop music, Jay-Z did for rap and hip-hop. That's my opinion. I think he's terrible. I think he's he's a massive influencer. And... 
I, I don't know anybody that were even has that that loves Jay Z. That's like, oh yeah, that one album. Like they can't. Tell I like me that like, one he did with Kanye West a lot. Um, the, yeah, the yeah, throne, and, uh, something yeah. about the throne. Or it, you know, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, there you go. And Kanye has a reputation of being a great producer. Great producers can somehow make Jay Z apparently sound really good to a lot of people. Same reason why most people would probably tell you the best Jay Z song is Night. Watch the problems. throne. Yeah, watch the throne. Yeah, That's a great record, and it didn't really have any hits on it. But it's it's uh, it's a I think it's billed to Kanye and Jay Z. Yeah, which which is great. I mean, Jay Z. I get why he's here because he's like Mr. New York and he's at all the right parties and he, I'm sure he, he rubs elbows with everyone on the, the board and, you know, he's at having dinner at the white house with Obama. I mean, he's definitely, I get it. He's uh, yeah. he's super high profile. He's sold a ton of records too. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I would think there's a lot of other people, like LL Cool J, for example, who's who's also nominated, who definitely should go before him. Um, I yeah. know time's going by fast when you're my age, but I feel like Jay-Z wasn't all that long ago, um, yeah. especially when we compare it to other nominees on the list, like the Go-Go's or, or Kate Bush. Um, you know, I, I, I voted for, I voted for the Go-Go's also. So yeah. I, Go-Go's, I, Go-Go's. I, I mean, if, if not for anything else, they, they, really in a lot of ways were one of the first you know true female bands with guitars and drums that broke through to the mainstream and i know people yeah. are, what about the runaways and stuff here's the deal the runaways were another one of these bands that was not popular when they were out they they didn't sell records yeah they they became joan jett of course became massively popular when she went sure. solo but yeah. and so did Lita and uh yeah and, yeah and they were big they were big in Japan but uh you know hey that's that's kind of a a, a funny thing to say but that's actually right. true but it's the same yeah and there were a handful of uh really cool garage bands that played their instruments are all female that preceded all those bands no one knows who they are i'm glad that they happened and they paved the way but the go-go's were the first ones that crossed over in that sense where yes everybody played an instrument they wrote their own songs and yeah they so there you absolutely on principle but there you go the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for 2021. One of my biggest problems just with this, this Hall of Fame stuff too, is it's always just, it seems like a shit show. Like, you know, Van Halen gets nominated and like Sammy and, and Michael Anthony show up and no one else. And then Velvet Revolver butchers some Van Halen songs. It's just like, you know, David Bowie gets there and he doesn't show up, which is not surprising because he hates award shows like that. And he disavows his award, but yet Madonna shows up and accepts it for him. It's just such a, a weird thing. Certain bands, it's like, okay, we're only letting this lineup in other bands it's like okay we'll let the classic lineup plus this guy and that guy for no apparent reason i i, I the grateful dead it's like okay we'll all 46 people who are ever in the band get get in it's just yeah. like it makes zero sense to me yeah I, there's no there's it's all about who kisses each other's ass who who who's like you know voice is the loudest to the nomination board and and them listening to people they think are cool and it's just it's such a uh just a mess in my opinion yeah. but yeah, i i 100 percent agree and i am i am i only talk about the hall of fame pretty much every year because 
like I said, it's like a lot of these other institutions. I wish they didn't matter, but they do matter in a weird way. They matter to the general public and they matter to concert promoters who pay these acts. Because if you can, you know, like when you go in, your your rate goes up. So they make more money. And that's that's why at the end of the day, most of these people that say they don't care and they don't care about going in or want to go in, they'll take it because the title, the title. Yeah. yeah. You get to put it on your hype sticker and and yeah. you get more money to play and show up. Right. And you get you just get better gigs. Like Joan Jett went from it. And not that Joan Jett can still like headline sheds or uh, arenas. And I love her. Uh, but at least she went from pe- playing like casinos and pig races all the time to opening up to other bands in better venues. Uh, that's what it does. You know, right. Cheap Trick plays in better places now for sure, too. They were doing the same thing that Joan was doing. Okay. And I love them. Anyway, sorry, I could go on all day. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. Cool. So let's uh, segue off of that. Any other topics that you wanted to cover here before we we wrap it up? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit something that my anybody that's a friend of mine they might be a little shocked by it, but they know me right. in certain ways Uh-oh. maybe it won't okay uh, yeah let's so, hear it. so that's I, piqued I'm, my interest yeah yeah i i'm i am a huge freaking uh fan of rock and roll hall of famer alice cooper <laughs> yes um he's my favorite overall artist of all time i've got wow, my favorite okay. bands kiss prince uh zappa that kind of stuff but alice as far as like catalog Live performance, the total package. Alice is my absolute number one. Uh, and I like a decent amount of his new record. I can say that... Detroit Stories, I think it's Detroit called. Detroit Stories, yeah. And it's it's a mostly covers album. There's some originals in there, too. There's actually some cool songs that he did with bands, uh, excuse me, that he did with some original members of the original Alice Cooper group on right. there. And they've been doing that for the last few records it's weird because because of you know i think because of probably some certain managerial and production uh uh calls and i'm just speculating here but like not being able to do a whole album with those guys or even with his current touring band even though he announced that recently uh i think it's just weird uh but that all being said uh, i think there's some good songs on the new album uh the inclusion of two specific songs on the album really really uh, kind of i don't want to say upset me but they threw me off really bad and if i'm not mistaken they're back to back on the record so Mm. towards the end of the album uh there's that song never give up that he put out last year i called it a pandemic jam right okay Uh, you know one one of those songs that they band put out on youtube and and the alice song specifically i don't even know who wrote it i don't know if he wrote it or someone else did but uh, it's basically just it's a very dire song and it's just you know and not that it probably didn't help some people last year i didn't care for it honestly and i was like kind of like oh he's gonna put it on the record too like he sold it as a single like let's just let it go you know like don't don't put it on the album right so he put it on the album and at the uh, what he did when he put it out last year is at the end, he goes, this is Alice Cooper from Detroit. Uh, Everybody hang in there. Like he has a little speaking part at the end. Now on the record, he throws in an additional speaking part on top of his other speaking part where he's like, he basically does a like 20 second commercial for the suicide hotline. 
Hmm. Now, okay. I'm in I'm in support of programs like the suicide hotline. Before I sure. say what I'm about to say, I think it's great work, the Samaritans and all that stuff. Uh, and you know what? If he wants to put that on his record, if he's truly down with supporting them, okay, fine. You know, that's cool. But then the next song is a song called Shut Up and Rock. Okay. And <laughs> you might see where I'm going with this. Alice has made a lot of quotes over decades now where he's always been verbally uh, publicly critical about political rock stars uh, whether they're just publicly political or they're political on their records he says that he's always maintained that rock and roll should be apolitical and they should not stick their foot or butts in it uh, and that's just how he feels that's his opinion that's fine uh, and to me, putting a song like Shut Up and Rock, and that's what it's basically saying, is, you know, it's Shut Up and Sing, and it's that all shit. You know what? I think that that is short-sighted. I think that is, uh, it kind of surprises me, because Alice has kind of been one of those guys, I don't mind what he says in interviews, but like to put that on a record and make that like a permanent thing, <laughs> yeah, uh, part of his musical history, Uh it really pisses me off. Like he kind of goes into Ted Nugent territory by doing that, in my opinion, uh, which I, I guess Nugent can never say that without being a hypocrite. Although uh, to quote Chris Senzak, he did have a song called Simplify on one of his albums and he's a draft dodger. So there's some comedy there for you. Okay. Uh, so, but like to say, shut up and rock after you just said, Hey, the world's terrible and don't kill yourself. Call the suicide hotline and all these other things that you just said for the last three, four minutes. And then to just say, shut up and rock after that on the surface, just hearing that. And you have not heard the record Mark, you told me, but doesn't that come off as a little hypocritical? Like literally. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to listen songs. to it, but I, I totally get what you're saying. And Listen, I I do understand certain times that that uh, we just want to rock and we don't always want to hear the political opinions of be it Kid Rock or Ted Nugent or Tom Morello or Bruce Springsteen. I, I understand that. I understand that. But to make a song about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um but you said it was into Ted Nugent territory, which to me, I mean, it's not that bad, but maybe he's saying shut up and rock to, to Ted Nugent, you know, I mean, how do we know, how do we assume that he is telling the uh, rock and roll liberals to shut up and not the rock and roll conservatives? Well, no, I, I didn't, I didn't say it was in either or. I, okay. I, I, I think he might be talking about both. I really do actually feel yeah, that okay. way. Right. But I'm just saying, like you just, you made a social stance right there. I, I think there's almost coming no, off of the suicide message and stuff. It's just, yeah, it just, it seems talk, out of place. And having a pandemic, and that it was a pandemic song. That song was specifically written for the pandemic. Right. It was written for people that are dealing with death and this real life thing. And not that Alice hasn't tackled real life issues before, because he has go look at the brutal planet and Dragontown records. But like that to me, like makes it hypocritical to say shut up and rock. That's basically all I'm saying. And like I said, I love Alice. He's my guy, but I yeah, just thought I, that was super weird. And, and like this, the album's long enough. 
could have cut those two songs off of there also right. at the end of the day. They, they're just terrible songs. Both and I, I think it is so great. And I, and I mean, hear me out here that you are so bothered by this because it shows what a passionate and uh, diehard fan you are and how much you do care about Alice and his music and his career and, and what he's up to and that to me is is a beautiful thing and that's why we love this music so much because of yeah with everything going on in the world you know this specifically this last year it's just like how great is it that joey haney is just so bothered by by this little part on an alice cooper record that it just make it makes me happy inside to see how how um passionate you are about it i think that's great yeah, if you watch the news, you know that Texas has really been very interesting over the last month. Yes. And I shouldn't give a shit about this, but this is the one thing that I feel like I can change. Right. I'm so helpless in anything else that no, this it's is beautiful. the hill it's I'm great, man. This it's is great. the hill I'm choosing to die on. Yeah. <laughs> so well, maybe yeah, we should I, end I with hope, some Alice. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um there's a yeah. Uh, do you do you have a personal favorite Alice song or? Uh... Oh, I mean, I I I do, but I would prefer you pick one since you are more well versed in the catalog than I am. Maybe give it give me a deep deeper cut that you know mm. I, that you think is just great. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a really weird one. Then this is the first one I thought of uh, because it's this song is 40 years old right now, and wow. I, I just I just reviewed this album for uh, future. 1981 retrospective on rock strikes 10 uh it's from an album that i'm not completely hot about special forces but it's from that neat period where he does the new wave stuff and and uh, it really like he doesn't remember recording any of it for different reasons uh but my favorite song on that and uh i guess i'll dedicate this to the uh the majority of the panel in the rock and roll hall of fame right it's a really fun humorous song called don't talk old to me all right. And is Alice in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yes, he he yes, went in. Yeah. That that was a good year because he went in the same year as Tom Waits. And those two oh, guys okay. are two of my favorite lyricists ever. And right. uh, yeah, and the whole in the whole original band, the living band showed up uh, to jam. Wow. Uh, and I, I missed that completely. Yeah, I missed yeah. that completely. I, I Alice uh, Alice showed up in a blood-stained white shirt and a, and a big boa constrictor over his uh, shoulder. All right, all right, so, uh, cool. Well, always great hanging with you, Joey. Thank you for this uh, edition of of Talking Rock. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Some Alice Cooper. What's the song again? Don't talk old to me from Special Forces. All right, don't talk old to me by Alice Cooper.
So far.